Carrie, this week sucked. No kidding. Welcome to Good News, Bad News, the Libertarian Christian Roundtable, where every other week we challenge the status quo and give you the libertarian Christian analysis of what's happening in your world. Welcome to another episode of Good News, Bad News, the Libertarian Christian Roundtable. Uh, this is a project of the Libertarian Christian Institute. I am your host, Dr. Norman Horn, and I'm uh, joined tonight with the lovely and eminent Carrie Baldwin and the awesome and incredible Matthew Bellas. Guys, welcome to the show once again for this uh, insane week that we have had, and we are recapping with a couple of not-so-happy things, uh, <laughs> but we will try to make it through with as much anger plus levity as possible. How about that? Can we, can we, can we survive on that one? Maybe, People maybe always ask us to think about the children, and that's exactly what we're going to do. Yeah. So this yeah. is a this is a, an episode about kids on some level, um, and so we are going to review first of all uh, the the tragedy that occurred yesterday. So this is Wednesday, the twenty fifth, and yesterday there was a pretty substantial shooting that occurred at in Uvalde, Texas, where at an elementary school. A, uh, a an 18 year old uh, managed to make his way into a school under some weird pretenses it seems that it are now only now coming out and it the death count just has seemingly gone up at first it was under 15 then it became 17 now it looks like it's 21 wow yeah 21 and man, oh man and what's and beyond the obviousness of the problem that this is a tragic this is a tragic occurrence and, you know, I, my parents live north of Uvalde. And, and it so, is Uvalde. I, I've, I've not yeah. been able to understand how to pronounce that yeah. name. Texas, Uvalde. No, <laughs> no, yeah. it's Uvalde, Texas. Uvalde, and it's, Texas. Uh, it's, it's uh, yeah, if it, you know, look it up on Google Maps. It's, you know, about 80, 90 miles to the south and west, kind of west, southwest of San Antonio. It's mm -hmm. cl pretty close to the Mexican border. Um, it's, you know, it's a bit of a, a bit of a hike after that, but, uh, it's, you know, that's an area, it's an area, you know, I know pretty well. Um, uh, I've been, you know, I've spent major elements of my life around the North of that area in, uh, in the, uh, the Frio river Valley and whatnot. So I kind of know the area pretty well. And, uh, of course, Aaron who's not here tonight. He normally is with us is, uh, you know, down even farther South of there at yeah. Monterey. Uh, and so. You know, I mean, he, he, these are areas of which we are familiar with. Um, and so it is, a, you know, it's, it's some, it has some measure of connectivity to us, but yet it's still far away. And besides the fact that this is indeed a tragedy, I think what's, of course, you know, it, it compounding to the tragedy is the politicization that is immediately surrounding this. And it's just baffling to me to see what's going on. And I think that it, it's, it triggers people in a lot of different ways. Um, what are, when you guys, when you guys heard about it, what was the stuff that kind of came to your minds? I mean, I've kind of already, the first thing, the, like I said, the first thing that came to me is like, doggone it. That's like 20 miles from my parents. I mean, that's, and, and 20 miles in Texas is nothing, you know? So it's like, what, whoa, holy cow. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, I have to say that when I first heard about it, my immediate reaction was, Oh crap. Here comes the gun control debate again. Yeah. Again. And and it's it's so frustrating because on the one hand like I see people um on 
Facebook and Twitter saying, Hey, let's not politicize this. Let's, let's mourn these deaths and, and not just jump straight into it. Um, and then on the other hand, I see them jumping straight into it. Oh yeah. It's like, we have to do something about this. Well, then that's the, that's, and that's the phrase, right? We right. have to do something as right. though you somehow have the power to go into other people's minds and prevent them from doing stuff or whatnot. Well, you know. <laughs> and one thing, one thing that is being brought up is mental health. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that, I think that mental health is a valid concern. Oh, sure. Uh, um, and, but I don't think that red flag laws, which are, you know, that's what's one proposition been, that's already that's one proposition that's been thrown out there is red flag flag laws. Um, and for those of you listening who don't quite understand the connection, a red flag law allows the police to determine if somebody is mentally stable enough to, to, you know, have a firearm and, you know, so they can actually bypass due process if they think that somebody isn't mentally stable. And, you know, there's already a cloud of confusion over what constitutes mental instability. Yeah. And now we want the police who don't execute their job very well as it, as it is. Now we want them to be diagnosing people on the spot for mental instability. Um, you know, it's, I mean, there, I, there are, it's one thing to say, you know, clearly somebody is out of control. You know, right. I mean, if, if you have a, it's not, it's not like you have to, you know, watch somebody going, ah, going crazy in front of you to go like, yep, that guy's unstable. Uh, but it's the, it, it's the, the point of the red flag law goes well beyond that. Right. Police are already empowered to deal with gunmen. So that's like, that's the activity is not the issue in that case. It's something else. Right. And so they're asking them to become like pseudo psychologists as well. Right. And, you know, and, and, quasi therapist is at the, at the same time. Hmm? Uh, okay. Well, hang on there. You know, well, and why aren't we asking, uh, we, yeah. <laughs> easy to <Why> catch, <laughs> we, but I mean, why, why aren't we asking the question? Why are so many public school students struggling with mental instability? Like why, why aren't we asking that question? Mm -hmm. Because that is a common factor in a lot of these shootings. And I hate to say it, but actually I don't hate to say it. Yeah. I really think that the cause it can, can be tied down to the public schools themselves. Yeah, they it often kids, is. They put kids under immense amount of stress. The teachers are, you know, themselves can be very toxic mm -hmm. um, and treat the, you know, mistreat the kids. Um, they put great pressure on the parents. The parents become toxic. I mean, it's that the whole system is a freaking nightmare and nobody's willing to look at it. It's like, yeah, what are because, we going to do? We because have it's to attacking the sacred cow at that point. Right. Yeah. But they want us to, they, they want the, we, the collective, we to do something about it, but they're not willing to ask the question. Why are our kids going insane? <laughs> they're not well, asking that question. <clears throat> and you use the word, the, like the system. Mm -hmm. And I, I it was, I think that's it's apropos to kind of point out a few things here. One is that the system is, you know, if we want to define that as sort of the series of institutions that exist around us, you know, and, and 
things like schools and, you know, especially, especially we're going to say the government institutions around us. Um, that's the system that they're trying to kind of talk about at that point. And they act like oftentimes that this, that in order to fix the system, we need like some sort of maybe some small fix here, or we like, Oh, we need it. We need this little overhaul. Like and yep. it's the, it's the red flag it. law, or we need to ban AR 15s, or we need to have more background checks, or we need to have, you know, this, that, and the other, like that little piece needs to get, you know, like tweaked. Here's the thing. It's this, uh, this is like, this is like trying to patch windows 95. Yeah. Like your, your problem is not that you need a patch for Windows 95. It's that you need to upgrade your OS to like something in the order of, you know, maybe Windows 20, you know, 10 or something. Right. That's not. <laughs> Welcome to the Libertarian Christian Podcast, where we use the nerdiest uh, <laughs> way to explain something. Well, it goes with, it goes with our audience, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, no but, but I think people understand like, all right, we want to use, you know, use use uh, another another operating system analogy and and i actually think like Matt, max borders has uh has done some pretty good kind of an analogies on operating systems for uh, uh for societies in this regard and you know so check him out if you want to learn kind of more like maybe deeper on that analogy but i think it's at least apropos here to kind of point out that like what they're what they're all calling for is not really addressing roots of the problem it's not you know because no. right. I, I mean because we, we should be asked the other questions you can ask like why, why is it that schools are like, why, why are people not shooting up things like, you know, office buildings? Why doesn't this happen at even more populated areas? Like, you know, football games or basketball games or basically like sports events, major events. Why does that not happen? Yeah. I can tell you why that is, is because when you start, when you, when you try to bring, you know, somebody like that, a, a gunman into these situations where there are a whole lot of adults, mm-hmm. then their risk profile goes up considerably and so they don't see that as being a win-win like you can just like this is not hard to understand they go after the schools because they're vulnerable well and you right. touched on it real quick where you said that that the schools are a little bit of a sacred cow oh yeah where nobody wants to look at that as a potential problem mm-hmm. but i was talking about it with my wife today that you know everybody sends their kids to one building yeah uh, and we put a big sign on it says gun free zone i mean could you ask for a more perfect target well i mean but like i'm not even sure like that that's the we we have to go there to kind of even make that point well just look at like just ask the question why does this not happen anywhere else like technically you're not going to bring you don't ever see people bringing in guns to baseball games like that's not permitted you can't do that at bush stadium here in st louis walmart you know i mean yeah yeah but like so you just target yeah. You don't see this stuff. Not very often. Not comparatively right. to schools. Well, yeah. I found an interesting take that it was uh, something that I, I wanted to bring up because there is a little bit of a of an impulse that we have as a <laughs> as a species, so to speak, uh, where most people are innately of themselves moralists. They believe that there is a thing, a tweak, a law, or something that you can impose that will change people's behavior for good, or that there is a a portion of it that will actually make life better if they obey this moral reasoning. 
So advocating for tougher and stricter laws or more laws to be put on society or uh, individuals so that they go, you know, that they don't have the impetus to then go out and do these things where that's even starting from the wrong place where we're flawed individuals. The person who shot up this school violated many laws. They, you know, they, they didn't take into account what the gun laws were. They had a desire to, uh, to go shoot up a school and they did so Uh, it's just it's unfortunate that it has to be that blatantly sad but that's exactly what it is and we can do two things to try to mitigate that in i would say wiser uh, uh wiser ways of combating the evil but you're not going to you're not going to get rid of that evil altogether but here's the thing is this is one facet one complaint that we have talked about on this very show about problems with the public school system, right? Mm -hmm. Just a few weeks ago, we were talking about this, this uh, don't say gay bill or whatever in in Florida, (laughs) where they wanted to stop teaching young children about sexuality, particularly homosexuality. Um, You know, we've, we've got all of these, these other problems, overcrowding in schools, the entire system is is failing academically. We keep on dropping uh, compared to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, we have mental health issues, uh, the increasing rates of teen suicide. Um, we, we have all of these problems that can be pointed, directed back at the schools. And still it's like, okay, whatever the problem is, it's not the public schools themselves. Yeah, but, it, but Carrie, every, everybody I talked to, I have never heard anybody tell me that like my school is not in the top 20%. <laughs> like, my school, I've never heard somebody say my school is terrible. Right. Like, I, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's every interesting single, way like, that you say everybody's, that. Yeah, everybody's every life. school is special. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, oh, they're they're the top in the state. Oh, they are, are they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, along with every other school. Every other state. school, yeah, yeah. You know, well, surely and- have made everything equal. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead I was I was just gonna say <laughs> the other real. the other grievance that I have is sort of with with Christian evangelicals because, you know, there's yeah. there's a whole host of people out there, Christians, who are like. Uh, we're not going to homeschool because homeschooling is this this thing that weird people do and lock their <laughs> lock their kids in and and yeah, you know shelter they saw them me and the then they went oh <laughs> yeah and you know I'm not even like I mean I am a, a homeschooling advocate obviously because I homeschool but I'm just as much of a, a private school advocate in fact I'd love to have a great private school that's accessible to me but um. I hear Christian evangelicals say, well, we're not going to pull our kids out of school because that's, that's a mission field where our kids are missionaries. And I'm just like, your kids are not equipped for this. Like you think that you think that they're going to go preach to the gunman or to the transgender teacher that's trying to indoctrinate them or to the suicidal kid who doesn't know what to do because they can't handle the pressure from their teachers or their parents. Like, seriously, you think this is a mission field and this is, that's how you're going to solve the problem. That's why you're going to keep your kids in these failing situations. Frustrates me. It is a mission field. It's just not appropriate to send your kids into and that's something that has been said for at least gosh oh that's 30 that's 40 a, years you know where 
Yeah, when I was a yeah. kid in school, that's what they, <laughs> that's what was about popular was about. It's like treated as your mission field. Well, I mean, if yeah. we're going to say that that's the case, then the church needs to take a good hard look at that mission field and say we're not we're not winning that. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. That realm. we're not winning it, guys. Yeah, you, good luck with that. It's yeah. not. Sorry, it's not going to happen. Right. Yeah, and it's and so you get you know a lot of puzzling responses to this of course uh we've we're beginning to see you know the kind of the ramp up in the public campaign in the same in the tradition of the you know Rahm Emanuel never never let a crisis go to waste we're yeah. already seeing the ramp up uh we've seen uh Biden has blamed the gun lobby already like the gun lobby oh, yeah. is responsible for this young 18 year old Salvador is it Salvador Ramos is his name the, the shooter so. as Salvador Ramos was it's it's not his fault he 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 pulled triggers he got the weapons he went there and it's not his fault no it's the gun lobby like it's just come on people you know people three thousand it, it's away. it's it's baffling uh and that doesn't mean like the gun lobby is full of great people who are all my good friends and so on and so no, no i'm <laughs> right. not saying that at all that's that's yeah. that's who are you funded stupid. by norm and yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now a word from our sponsor the right no no yeah. they're not uh, they're not but uh, my check yeah we, <laughs> they, they don't like me already i'm pretty sure no, yeah right that's not really the point is that it's it, it these are foils for what they want right you know it, it's not it has nothing to do with uh you know my objection to it has nothing to do with the people that are involved in, in gun lobbies or whatnot it's about the way in which the state is trying to abscond away with power over people and yeah of course there's also the calls again we've you know assault weapon bans you know various types of mental health checks and blah 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 and there's i mean there's plethoras of evidence out there to suggest these are not going to be good but, but yet we're going to have to fight that battle yet again over and over because we have to it, it does suck and this is like, the conservative doesn't seem to get this a lot of the time and like your problem with your with your limited government stance and like and why you need to go even more limited is that you know if you allow for this sort of thing like you have to fight that every single time and win and mm -hmm. win they just have to they just have to keep pushing for more control yep. and they just have to win once yep each time like it's oh good grief and so this uh, one this is why you have to limit your government just hard as you possibly can to to zero you know yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> in as many ways possible because you have to disallow them to do this sort of stuff because this is not going to work. It would be less like, let's say, let's say for a second that like Texas decided that they were going to start cracking down on, on gun stuff more, more than, but if it like that affects Texas, not as much me at that point. Mm -hmm. And so decentralization even works in this respect. It would affect, you know, a limited group of people for a limited amount of time, potentially until they see, Oh, this is not working. They would, they could potentially flip it, whatever. But when the federal government gets involved, it ratchets up and it affects everybody in different ways. My gosh, like, where did we get the idea that this was like, Oh, well, you know, equality. Is that the, what it needs to be? Is that how this works? No, that's not the form of equality that we that we're looking for. Yeah. But goodness gracious people. I I, 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 I just want to throw in there, uh, Beto O'Rourke also uh, interrupted a press conference by the oh, governor, yeah. which I thought was like, <laughs> you're not really helping yourself out here, bud. And he made himself just look like an absolute clown. And it was one of those um, things that I just thought, well, 
the only Brother, thing that we are it does it makes it look like a clown to you right yeah. i'm but sure the left is the like point. the left well, is fawning all over it yeah, they're like look gonna... at him he's standing up to the great yeah. governor abbott yeah he's but he, i will say that's, this he did such a brave thing yes. <laughs> but i will say that you know we're getting more and more to the point where the only thing that we have to hope in is the incompetence of public officials. And that's a scary place to be sometimes. Uh, that is true. Well, speaking well, of incompetent speaking of public com- officials, yeah, exactly. And there's a man, there's, there's all sorts of ways we could segue into this next topic. Uh, Matthew, please uh, bring, bring us, bring. Say You're going to give that funny. responsibility to oh, me. I, I want it. You wrote it. <laughs> oh man. So, what what's our what's our transition here (laughs) (laughs) do you do you want me to go through the transition that i oh i'm more than happy to give that to you here let's uh let's go go super meta for a second sometimes we actually plan and yeah exactly (laughs) and this time we we had we kind of over planned um so So, just so you know i heard biden's fda shut down a major formula uh, manufacturer oh yeah really how dare he oh In the long-standing tradition of cartoon supervillains, Biden has literally taken food out of infants' mouths. You've heard the old saying, like taking life-giving nutrients from a baby. Oh, no, wait. The supervillains are actually kinder by taking away highly fattening candy instead. So there you have it, folks. Our president is worse than Snidely Whiplash, the deadly do-right villain. Thank you very much. (laughs) He'll be here all week, folks. I'll be here all week. (laughs) If you see a if you see a headline, you heard it here first. (laughs) Biden Snidely Whiplash equals. Yeah. There you go. Well, of course, this refers to the uh, the almost humorous uh, happenings going on these days with regards to the baby formula shortage yeah. but there's some weird economics and uh, that goes on behind the scenes here uh, i think carrie has some of the insight on that and so if you haven't heard this yet hey this is some pretty cool stuff check, well, check it out yeah so um you guys should go check out uh an article that john uh Miltmore from uh, i believe it was yeah it was originally published with foundation for economic education but the american institute for economic research also picked it up um, and the article is called how government created the baby form formula shortage. Um, and surprise, so surprise, surprise, it doesn't surprise. really roll off the tongue. Does Actually, it? Baby formula shortage. Yeah. Anyway. Well, and they even, they even miss an interesting nuance, which I'll get to in a minute, but the short story is, is basically in late April, uh, people started posting pictures of the uh, the empty shelves uh, for baby formula in, uh, in particular. I mean, people have been posting food shortage uh, pictures for, for quite a while. Then they figured out, oh, baby formula is not on those shelves. And so they started posting and it eventually caught the attention of the White House. And they were like, oh, well, this is a problem. We had um, nothing to do with this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it turns out that uh, they do have something to do with this. Um, what? Num- <laughs> number one, <laughs> color me there- shocked. <laughs> there was a there was a recall for a potential bacterial outbreak from a uh, formula plant in Michigan, um, and right. then the FDA decided to keep them shut down in order to do uh, some sort of inspection. 
Um, and this that's is not actually, atypical, by the way. That's like that that does happen. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the problem is, is that, um, and he uh, Meltmore points this out. It's one of the baby formula is one of the most tightly regulated food products in our industry. And you would think why you would think, oh, mm. this is for the safety of the babies, right? Um, and to some degree, I can understand that because one one bit of the story that Miltmore didn't pick up on was the fact that in 2019, 95% of baby formula was found to have heavy metals in, in the formula. Um, <laughs> Matthew. <laughs> So at any so rate, of metal. course, <laughs> yeah. of course, they're calling this a public health crisis, which means we need the government to get involved, oh, yeah. um, which is just absolutely outrageous because the government has been involved. The mm-hmm. government allowed the the uh, standards that allowed the, the heavy metal toxins into the formula to begin with. And now they're over-regulating and overcompensating um, in, or, in the name of saving the children. Um, one thing that I really wanted to point out, um, and I get this this question a lot from uh, pro-lifers, and really, I mean, even you guys have asked me this question about, you know, uh, life-affirming options for 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 mothers and how we can um, discourage the use of abortion and things like that. This is one of those life-affirming options that the government keeps screwing up. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> not only. True. Not only have they regulated this in such a way that baby formula is either not safe or not available, but it's also crazy expensive. And on top of this, um, one of the things that Miltmore pointed out was that there are many social media groups where moms are going through and they're actually able to um, obtain illegally baby formula from, from Europe. And they're going through and evaluating the ingredients in, the, in that baby formula to make sure it's safe. Wait, These are mothers. You're, These are mothers who are doing this. It's almost like you you could have people not employed by the government testing products to make sure they're safe. Yes. And by the way, this, this, oh, this I thing with really believe it. This this thing with the formula has actually been going on for a couple of decades now. I remember these these yeah. debates happening when when um, when my kids were uh, were breastfeeding and bottle feeding. So this is this has been going on for a while as far as finding healthy, you know, making sure that that these things are are healthy and safe. It's moms who are doing that work. <laughs> yeah. Um. It, it's it's not the FDA. They're making it harder the and they're making it more us. expensive. Yeah. Um. So. Who knew that the government would fail at testing? (laughs) Well, you know, that's, that's the argument, right? We need the government to, to keep us safe to, to, you know, consumer protection and to make sure that what we're giving our children is, is safe to eat. Never mind all the garbage that you find in, you know, cereals and colored artificial drinks and things, things of that nature. Um, That leave fruity pebbles alone. (laughs) (laughs) that's the argument right is we need to keep our kids safe and they they're one they're not keeping them safe and number two they're making it really expensive um and those are all factors that go into whether a mom's going to keep her baby or not whether a mom feels like she can actually afford motherhood so just want to point out 
you get the government out of the way, moms are perfectly capable of figuring out if what they're feeding their babies are safe. And because that's what they're doing right now. Oh, and they're willing to use the black market, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, well uh, what kind of world do we live in where you've got to like go buy Trump black, formula? Black market. Right? <laughs> black formula. market, black market yeah. baby formula, guys. Who knew? Who knew? It's like, I mean, the done. government really put us in this situation yeah. because of all of those regulations basically created a certified monopoly of mm -hmm. formula creation. Yeah. And so if you if you pinch that one sector, then you're going to have a whole issue. And I, frankly, we're only two years out from uh, regularly using formula for our, our kids. Uh, yeah. Our daughter's turning four, or she is four. Um, and I can really sympathize with that because, you know, my wife agonized over breastfeeding and bottle feeding. I mean, yep. mothers do this to themselves so much to the point where I just say, as a guy, you're like, eh, it's not working with one, just use the other. But for a mom, it's such a it's such a weighted decision yeah. that this truly matters. You're not necessarily, you know, there's not just a baby formula shortage. You are taking away life from these children. And mm -hmm. it is the only thing that they can uh, sustain on, or at least that's how the mother sees it. And so th it just creates anxiety and doubt and problems yep. and issues. I mean, it just goes on and on and on all because we think the government can save us from ourselves and they can't. Yeah. Well, the other thing too, is the, the alternative to this. And I sympathize with with mothers who struggle over this question of breastfeeding versus versus formula because often that <clears throat> oftentimes that comes up because they're struggling with breastfeeding which is stressing them out and that's making yeah. it even more difficult to breastfeed um but uh at any rate there are alternatives out there like breast milk banks where people where, where women will donate their breast milk so that women, so that babies can continue to drink breast milk, but that's also heavily regulated. Right. Um, it's heavily regulated in such a way that they throw out a majority of that milk and it's perfectly good, or they go and pasteurize it and they don't need to pasteurize it. Uh, um, <laughs> it's yes. They what? pasteurize breast milk. What? It's absolutely, absolutely absurd. This... Absolutely absurd. So uh, I, I know actually way too much about pasteurization than it should be reasonably understood by any human being. And I'm not going to get into that, but, um, cause you never know your mother might have E. Coli. I, so right. <laughs> Doug and I were, Doug, we recorded a podcast last night and he, and he, he gave me this, this, he gave me a great compliment when he said that like, you you have, you have this uncanny ability to speak on a, uh, on a wide variety of things and, you know, intelligently. And then, then I just, and then it just, then something like this comes up and it's like, yeah, yeah. You have no idea how much I know about like microwave pasteurization. Like, <laughs> you have no idea. Oh, Lordy mercy. Oh my gosh. Well, I, I think it is a couple of final point. Well, maybe, maybe you guys have additional points, but I, something I wanted to throw out here is you, Matthew, you alluded to this in the issue of the FDA regulation. And I think one, one unappreciated point is, is very simply that if you think that drugs are expensive in part because of the FDA and their involvement in the approval and testing and all that process there, keep in mind that this is the same freaking thing that happens here. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's a slightly yeah. different, you know, pathway, <clears throat> but it's, but it's fundamentally of the same ilk. Yeah. And so you want to know like, why is it so expensive to do this? Well, this is it. It's just like buying drugs. 
Okay. There you go. So that's, that is wild and crazy and stupid. We should write a book or do a documentary about baby formula, drugs, and corn syrup. And just, (laughs) (laughs) and just go through all the FDA woes. Well, actually, let's. That, that reminds me. I mean, a good resource. Now, this is slightly tangential to baby formula itself, um, but there is a book that is fairly recent. I think it was twenty eighteen, either twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen, uh, written by our, a very good friend of ours of this of this show of LCI in general, Mary Doctor Mary Ruart, uh, a book about the FDA and the regulations of. Uh, I think it was the the regu- the. The 61 regulations and from 1961 regulations, of the FDA, I may get, be getting that year wrong. It just, I'm just having to remember that right now. Anyway, the book is called death by regulation. Mm. And, and I think the subtitle is something like how the government, how the FDA is robbing us of the golden age of health, mm. because yeah. let's like, if we're, if we're mm-hmm. really honest with ourselves, we do have one of the most remarkable, like innovative health systems and, and stuff that's available to us that's ever existed, period. Like there's, yeah. all, there's literally no argument there, okay? Yep. And yet it is problematically expensive uh, because yep. of, of interventionism. Right. You know, so if you, it, it, it's- And, and also and in fact, international inter- interventionism, but I'll get to that later. Yeah. Well, yeah. and in fact, like it's, it's now like quite- data driven you can kind of determine this you can kind of figure out how many deaths that were preventable that the fda has essentially been been responsible for by delaying or canceling drugs that would have been life providing for people and there are stories in that book that'll blow you away about things like drugs for liver treatment and whatnot uh the fact that you know, and I've, as I've stated said. before, and we talked, Mary and I had a conversation a few weeks ago um, that is on the main uh, LCI podcast uh, about, you know, and, and we brought this up about, you know, even with regards to, to COVID, like, why do we not have effective antivirals and antimicrobials and whatnot? Well, it's because <laughs> antibiotic yeah. development is is extremely not profitable due to the way in which stuff is regulated and you can trace this out. It's, it's all there. And she's done a great job in that. So I'm going to quit advertising for the book. It's not really intentional, <laughs> but it is a great book. Highly well, recommend it. Mary's awesome. I'm going to the, f- the flip side of that though, is that things like the opi- opioid crisis is mm-hmm. completely manufactured by the FDA because sure. all of those are, those, those are all drugs that are FDA approved. I mean, yeah. You've got, you've got on the one hand, um, people who have died because they haven't been able to take medications that have been unapproved, but you've also had a ton of people die because of medications they did approve. And all of it has to do with politics and, and that sort of nonsense. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, just you know, the case in point there is stuff like th- the thalidomide uh, mm. crisis of, of years ago, you know, the drug that was FDA approved, but also caused a massive amount of birth defects. Yeah. Because- you know, because of the way in which it was the thalidomide being the, the drug, if you're unaware, it was meant to prescribe for uh, uh, abating infants, morning right? sickness. Yeah, morning sickness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but it was a bad idea. Oh, it was for morning <laughs> sickness and it affected the infant. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, you know, people people want to say, well, without the FDA, who would who would do this? And yeah. there are plenty, plenty yeah. of people who are skilled yeah. and, and educated enough to uh to offer consumer protection that's actually and res- effective and they might respond to uh to 
pressures outside of political ones that yeah. actually might do people good in the end. Yeah. So in yeah. the end. Yeah. Well, they're subject to market forces. Yes. <laughs> what do you know? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So any any final points you guys want to make before we, we close out here? Nope. How long do we have to wait until all of our legs are broken and the government giving us crutches till we say, why don't you stop breaking our legs? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. Can we just, just can we just have secession now? I mean, like, right. can we just peacefully just, break I up? I want it to be point? over. Like I just I'm tired. I'm tired of this. Please uh, Lord yeah. come. Yeah. <laughs> Mercy. Say that me. a good twenty times well, a day. I do so. need I do need to thank Carrie for all that information. Thank you very much for staying abreast of it all. <laughs> There it is. There, there it is, is, folks. There it is, there it folks. Is. That's Good it. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. We'll be here all week. <laughs>